This is a case from the Shoyoroku. Dao tends the sick. One song's introduction. The whole body is being sickness. Vimalakirti is hard to cure. This grass is the medicine, and Manjushri uses it well. How can that compare to calling on a transcendent person and gaining peace and well-being? The main case. Guishan asked Dao, where have you come from? Dao said, I come from tending the sick. Guishan said, how many people were sick? Dao said, there were the sick and the not sick. Guishan said, the one who is not sick, isn't that you, ascetic Ji? Dao said, sick or not sick has nothing to do with it at all. Speak quickly, speak quickly. Guishan said, even if I could say it, it would have no relation. Hongji's verse. When has the wonderful medicine ever passed his mouth? Even the miraculous physician can't hold his wrist. As though existent, he is basically not non-existent. Utterly empty, he is basically not existent. Unextinguished, he is born. Undestroyed, he lives eternally. Not perishing, yet born, alive, without dying. Completely transcending before prehistoric Buddhas, walking alone after the empty eon, subsisting peacefully, sky covers, earth supports. Moving on, the sun flies, the moon runs, So tomorrow we are concluding this session. Just began, right? Goes by very fast. Blink of an eye. So we are concluding it tomorrow with a Jukai ceremony. And I thought it would be good to, to bring up the, the deep meaning of Jukai, of this event, during this stage show, and draw our attention to the inseparable connection between the intimate and solitary work of Zazen and the rest of our lives, the rest of the world, everybody else. There's also a strong connection between this particular koan and the Vimalakirti Sutra, which we are studying during this Ango. So it would be good to expand on it a little bit and see it from a different perspective. If you remember, yesterday I quoted from Suzuki's talk about right effort, where he says that to practice correctly means to move towards non-achievement rather than the conventional way of moving towards achievement. And what he means is that we have to train ourselves, don't be attached to a goal or an outcome. 
So if somebody asks you, what is the purpose of practicing zazen? Why do you do this? Why do you sit? And you can say, I sit for the sake of sitting. That's it. Right? There's nothing else. But what if you asked about the purpose of Buddhism? Right? Maybe they are okay with that. Okay, fine, you sit for sitting, but what about Buddhism? Why are you guys doing it? What's the purpose? What's the point? Or what's the purpose of the tradition? Right? Shouldn't, be, shouldn't we be moving from where we're at now towards achieving propagation, right? So to spread compassionate action would be or could be a nice answer, right? But Buddhism really doesn't work this way, although it may feel this way. We may think of it this way. The transform, transformative power of Buddhism lies in the simple and profound pointing at the way it is. Our state of being, the state of being of humanity, the way things are, the way things have always been. It's timeless. It cuts through past, present, future. So it's pointing at the way things are. And of course, there is a realization, experiential realization, right, which is a gateway to a functioning that is rooted in the truth of one has many kinds, two have no duality. And since no one and nothing is excluded in this fundamental truth, compassionate action is just a natural expression of true realization. It's not extra. It's not another step. It's actually inseparable. As there is no wisdom without compassion and there is no compassion without wisdom. One and the same. A simple expression. No future goal and not moving towards achieving anything. Yeah, so we, we personally realize the meaning of to have no duality. To have no duality. When we realize it, then your pain is my pain. Your suffering is my suffering. Your joy is my joy. How could it be otherwise? How could one exclude? And when the being is merged with the purpose, as it is, the Bodhisattva is naturally devoted to alleviating suffering. 
doing good for others. Where's the goal in that? It is self-fulfilling. Every act is, in and of itself, self-fulfilling. Because it's just a natural expression of the way things are. We might say actionable zazen, or zazen in motion. The introduction says, the whole body is being sickness. Vimalakirti is hard to cure. Just a little bit of background to those who may not know. Vimalakirti was uh, one of uh, the most realized, deeply realized layman, layperson of, at the time of the Buddha, a disciple of the Buddha. Not ordained. He was not a part of the Sangha in the ordinary way. And in the Vimalakirti Sutra, he manifests as Sikh for the sake of expounding the Dharma. He manifests as Sikh and the Buddha realized that, that he's Sikh and he wants to send somebody to, to check up on him. And in that Sutra, the Buddha goes through each of his disciples, close, deeply realized disciples, and asked them to go visit Vimalakirti. And one by one, they refused. And they refused because they had an experience with Vimalakirti and were defeated in a Dharma dialogue, were afraid of him. So, he goes through them one by one, the Ahats, the Bodhisattvas, and at the end, Manjushri agrees to go. So Manjushri arrives and he asks him, this illness of yours, layman, what form does it take? And he says, my illness has no form. It cannot be seen. Manjushri says, is this illness seated in the body or is it seated in the mind? And Vimalakirti answered, it is not seated in the body for it is apart from bodily form. And it is not seated in the mind for the mind is a phantom-like thing. So Manjushri goes on to ask, of the four major elements, earth, water, fire and wind, to which of these elements does this illness pertain? Vimalakirti says, this illness does not pertain to these four elements and neither it is separated from them. Yet, the illness of living beings arise from these four elements. So Manjushri goes on to ask, layman, what is the cause of this illness? Has it been with you long? And how can it be cured? And Vimalakirti replied, This illness of mine is born out of ignorance and feelings of attachment. Because all living beings are sick, therefore I am sick. 
if all living beings were relieved of sickness, then my sickness will be mended. Why? Because the Bodhisattva, for the sake of living beings, entered the realm of birth and death, and because he is in the realm of birth and death, he suffers illness. If living beings can gain release from illness, then the Bodhisattva will no longer be ill. And then Madhushri asked, how should the Bodhisattva go about confronting and instructing another who is ill? And Vimalakirti replied, tell him about the impermanence of the body, but do not tell him to despise or turn away from the body. Tell him about the suffering of the body, but do not tell him to strive for nirvana. Tell him that the body is without ego, but urge him to teach and guide living beings. Tell him to use his own illness as a means to sympathizing with the illness of others, for he should understand their suffering. My sickness is your sickness. My suffering is your suffering. And again, how could it be otherwise? How could one not be one. And then he goes on to, to say that the illness is sprung out of deluded thinking of being upside down and various attachments. That's the real illness of human beings, of our society, the state of this world, what we create. And that's what happens when we're lost, when we're detached, when we're not linked to the source. That's the sickness of of this universe, right? It's the sickness and it's the cure. It says, this illness of mine is born out of ignorance and feelings of attachment. My disease, my restlessness, the feeling of inadequacy, alienation, my anger, my sadness, my fears, all of it, all of it, is born out of being attached and not seeing clearly. What is seeing clearly? Zazen is a, is a practice of total immersion, a deep observation, right, which allows us to see through our ears and hear through our eyes, using Dongshan's words. I have to strip down completely and embrace being vulnerable. Look deeply at what is troubling us. Or why are we troubled by what is troubling us? And then when we sit, when anger comes, there is an experience of anger. 
When pain comes, there is an experience of pain. When feelings of inadequacy or alienation come, that's all it is. Feelings of alienation and inadequacy. When fear comes, there is an experience of fear. And when feelings of elation and contentment come, that's the experience of the moment. They come out of nowhere, all these experiences, come out of nowhere, subsist nowhere, and return nowhere. Right? And when all this comes and goes, we just look at it. We learn to not follow. We don't ignore, we don't reject, we don't judge, we don't love them, we don't hate them. Just don't follow them. And the idea is that, that we do it hour after hour, day after day. When we are being cooked in the furnace of the Zendo, we begin to realize that it comes and it goes. Those experiences come and go, and essentially they are ownerless. Right? All these experiences are in constant flux, cannot be grasped, cannot be rejected. And when they're not grasped or rejected, they're not personal. In fact, they lack the ability to create me as an owner. And when the experiences are not my experiences, what happens? What does it mean when they're not mine? They're universal. They're just experiences. We all experience. And none of us own any of those experiences. None of us is created by those experiences or defined by them. And so in Zazen, seeing clearly means that in the experience of my anger, there is no mind. Just anger. And what is that? Intense emotion? Some form of energy? Where do we find ourselves in an experience or in an emotion? It's the same with my pain. That's just pain. As in the saying, in the hearing there is merely hearing, in the seeing there is merely seeing, in the thinking there is merely thinking. There is no I in that. So our responsibility in Zazen is to study what is, to allow experiences to come and go. To not get in the way 
to not use them to create anything. To drop away and actually to heal through allowing the experiences to come and go. It's a wonderful way to see how this kind of sickness develops. It doesn't come with what's arising and what's vanishing. It happens in the way we meet what arises and what vanishes. It happens with what we create from what we encounter. It happens when we create an owner or an idea of an owner. And then when we study our own challenges, our own difficulties, our own pain, because it is universal in nature, we study everybody else's pain, everybody else's suffering. That's why, you know, I don't like to call these retreats. I know some sanghas call it retreats. Completely the opposite. We're actually quite used to retreating on a daily basis. You know, we go to Sishin to open up to everything and to experience everyone. But they're not here, right? We're isolated. From what? From whom? What does it mean to be isolated? What does it mean to be secluded? You know, we seclude ourselves so, so we can understand that nothing is excluded. There is no such capacity. So when we study this one here, we study everyone. When one corner is raised, the other three corners are realized. We don't have to run around. All we have to do is turn the light inwardly and look at this one here. And we can understand everybody else. This realization and that understanding is actually at the root of compassionate action. You know, Vimalakirti is how to cure, it says, right? And it's how to cure because we can't, we can't just simply put a band-aid on it. We can't just read about it. We have to take the time to investigate, to look deeply. You know, somebody left a bit earlier for different reasons. And the reasons are not so important. What's more important is that 
this will push us and will make us confront what we may not like to confront. And when we are pushed to the edge, to the limit, as we think it is the limit, then the tendency is to want to run away from it. Why do I need this? But can we really run away from it? And when we do run away, or when we don't look, and when we don't investigate, what happens? How does it manifest when we don't investigate? It's not going to go away. The pain, that is. But looking the other way doesn't mean anything, doesn't do anything. It will manifest. It will manifest, because it always manifests. So, the decision to actually look at it, is essential if we want to do good, do good for others. You know, and when we investigate, we actually realize that what is ailing us actually is also, or can also heal us. You know, what's troubling us, if we don't run with the assumption that we understand it, we have a chance to see that what I'm running away from is what I need to turn to. Because the way out is in. Newman said, medicine and disease quell each other. Or the disease is where medicine is, and the medicine is where the disease is. In the commentary, he talks about it. It says, this grass is the medicine. And Manjushri uses it well. And it's about the story. Manjushri and Sudana were talking about illness. And Manjushri said to Sudana, go find something that does not have illness in it. And Sudana went and came back saying he couldn't find anything that does not have illness in it. Manjushri then said, find me something that has medicine in it. Sudana plucked a blade of grass from the ground, held it up. This is the medicine. And Manjushri said, this is a 16-foot body of the Buddha. That blade of grass. You know, it's so available. It's always there. If we take the time to look. In this koan, Guishan asked Dao, where have you come from? And Dao said, I come from tending the sick. And Guishan and Dao were Two great Zen masters, 9th century China, both disciples of Pai Chang, although Dao ended up succeeding to Shitu, 
who is in our lineage. So Dao said, I come from tending the sick. Now, where did he have to go to tend the sick? Where are they? Who are those people? Now, compassionate action takes place within the Buddha field. Where is the Buddha field? If you remember the discussion, we had the first discussion of the Vimalakirti Sutra. It talks about the Buddha field being exactly where you are, wherever you find yourself, with whatever circumstances you find yourself. Whatever you happen to meet, that's where the work happens. Or that's where it manifests. The Buddha field. It sounds like something, right? Now maybe that's what we need to do. Drop away that. The name. Open our eyes. Look around. Where am I needed right now? What is life asking me or of me to do right now? How can I be of service? How can I help? So at any given moment, any given place, well then how can he come from tending the sick? And the footnote to that says, the foremost of the field of blessing is not lacking. Yeah, it's right here. Roll up your sleeves, get to work. Which is actually a wonderful thing, you know, to, to, to do good for others. Unfortunately, it's a cliche these days, but one of the magical transformations of doing good for others is that it takes us out of ourselves. It expands our ability to see beyond. Instead of being so self-concerned as we are so much of the time, we actually open up. Think about another What does he or she need? Not what do I need? Or the way to answer what do I need is to turn to what does she or he need? Because two have no duality. And even that dialogue that we're having, right? Isn't that also a way to tend to the sick? I mean, look at this short discussion they had such a long time ago, right? Over a thousand years ago. And here we are, looking at it, studying it, maybe being healed by that. And so Guishan inquired further and asked, how many people were sick? And Dao said, there were the sick and the not sick. And the footnote says, 
It turns out you have a second moon. Now we say before and after, the sick and not sick, healthy, before realization, after realization. But what's the same stays the same. And what is different remains different. Before, during, and after. Before healing and after healing. The sick are not lacking. Or when we are sick. Or when we are deluded. We're not lacking. And when we realize we have not gained anything. And again, it's one of those things we have to let go of. And it's a tough one. I hear it a lot in Dokusan. It's tough. It's difficult to let go of hoping to get somewhere else. Or of the idea that if I realize all will be gone, I will not have to worry about whatever. Or deal with whatever. I think there's a book titled After Realization, Laundry. <laughs> Before, too. <laughs> Don't wait. <laughs> That'd be pretty sad. But that's exactly what it is, right? We shouldn't wait because life is happening right now and the need arises moment by moment. Now this, this is where the cure is found with the sickness is. Actually, the sickness, that's the sad part, the sickness manifests in a healthy body. And it's sad. I think this is one of the things that, you know, when, when, when we realize that we create our own suffering, it's in a way sad because we look around and we see how many people do that. How common it is to create our own suffering. And of course, this is not saying that there is no suffering. Or that if we realize that, then the suffering will be gone. There is a first error. If you remember the Salata Sutra of the two errors. Everybody is struck with the first error. When you get cut, you bleed. It hurts for everyone, if realized or not. But then, a second later, why is it happening? It should not happen. He should not say this to me. She should not look at me like that. Right? Second, third, fourth, fifth, how many errors after that? Follow after that. Self-made errors. Self-inflicted pain. And these are the things we have to 
walk with or look at in Zazen. Not walk on it in terms of searching for that, but just to experience, to see how it happens, how it's formed. And leave it be. So Grishan then said, the one who is not sick, isn't that you, ascetic Ji? Ji was his short, the short for his full name, Yuang Ji, his other name. So what he's saying is, in other words, being a seasoned practitioner and being the one who has broken through your entanglements, are you not the one helping those who are still stuck? And Dao said, sick or not sick has nothing to do with it at all. Speak quickly, speak quickly. And Grishan said, even if I could say it, it would have no relation. Even if I could say something, what's the point? Or what could I say that will be remotely close to what it really is? This is a wonderful way to revolve the Dharma. Right? Both of them manage to not get pinned down. Not fall to either side. And what Grishan says at the end sums it all up. Right? There's no words to describe it. And none of us can say anything that will capture the essence of compassionate action. Anything we can say will be moving away from it. Or maybe we'll say some stuff that will make us feel good about it. And even that is removing ourselves away from the life of compassionate action. Tending to the sick. Opening our eyes. That's all it is. Expanding further and further to include everybody. Hongji's verse, he says, when, when has the wonderful medicine ever passed his mouth? And the footnote says, it cannot be swallowed and it cannot be spat out. Everything is medicine. No, we look for it, right? We can't find it. Everything is medicine. Everything is there. So we can see that we create our own suffering. Even the miraculous physician cannot hold his wrist. And the footnote says, there is no place to grasp. 
Even the Buddha can't do that, right? The great physician, as we chant. Maybe he will heal us. But even Shakyamuni is only halfway there, right? That's it. All he could do. Point. You're it. You're it. He's pointing. It says that when taking the medicine, the mouth is forgotten. When taking the pulse, the wrist is forgotten. As though existent, he's basically not non-existent. Utterly empty, he is basically not existent. Unextinguished, he is born. Undestroyed, he lives eternally. Not perishing, yet born alive without dying. Completely transcending before prehistoric Buddhas. Walking alone after the empty eons, subsisting peacefully, sky covers earth support. And there's a story related to that about a Taoist priest who came across a Buddhist master and asked him, in the Buddhist teachings, is there a method of eternal life that, suppresses, that surpasses the methods of the wizards of China? And this was in relation to what used to call the wizards of China. They used to have miraculous ways of extending their lives. So the Buddhist master sped on the ground and said, how can this country have a method of eternal life? Even if you can extend your years, once the reward is ended, you fall. He then helped up an old Buddhist sutra, held up an old Buddhist sutra and said, this is the method of the great wizards to eternally realize liberation and forever live birth and death. And that's the true medicine. To forever live birth and death. Not to worry about or make an issue about Impermanence. It's not a problem. It doesn't mean we want to die. It just means it's not a problem. It's not an issue. It's not against anyone. It's not personal. Of course, we mourn when we lose loved ones. We feel sadness. There's no negation. And again, it's not personal. And it's not an issue. You know, to want to extend. That's why he sped on the ground. He said, well, what's the point? Either way, it will end. That which you're trying to extend will come to an end. And then what? Swahakuin said, better die now than later. Just get it over with. 
and to die now better than later is to heal yourself now and not wait for later. Lao Tzu, another, Lao Tzu, another master said, the one who dies yet does not perish is long-lived. The one who dies yet does not perish. So you know, the, the point of sitting and spending all these hours observing is really to learn to actualize it, to learn to live it. It's not just to study how to sit. It's to study how to bring it out, to study the implications of Zazen. It does have a meaning. It is alive. It's not a goal, because again, when you realize one has many kinds, of course you would want to move to action. Of course you would want to be of service. There's a dialogue, it's one of my favorite dialogues. I have many, so this is one of them. One of my favorite dialogues that illustrates the genuine naturalness of the Bodhisattva's action. It's between Zen Master Dayang, teacher, and his disciple Zhang Yan, both the same uh, lineage as Yunyan and Tao. <clears throat> so when Zhang Yan was chief gardener, he was tending to the melons. Dayang asked him, when will the sweet melons be ripe? Zhang Yan said, they're already ripe now. Dayang says, pick the sweet ones and take them away. And Zhang Yan said, to whom shall I give them? Dayang said, give them to someone who has not been in the garden. Zhang Yan said, do you think that people who have not been in the garden will eat them? Dayang said, do you know these people or not? Zhang Yang replied, although I don't know them, I can't help but provide for them. Although I don't know them, I can't help but be of service. Because I'm inseparable from them. They are inseparable from me. because the cocoon has fallen off or because I'm not busy creating or concocting or weaving a new cocoon because I am utterly naked utterly vulnerable
There's a line in Leonard Cohen's, one of his songs, it says, if you stretch out your hand, you can touch mine. It's beautiful, right? If you can stretch out your hand, you will touch. If we can do that, what does it mean to stretch out? It means to break free from the shell. Reach out, offer the hand. Touch everyone. Feel it. means to break free. Shantideva said, May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with oceans to cross, a bridge for those with rivers to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need, who are in need. It sounds almost impossible, right? How can we strive for this kind of being, way of being that is so utterly about Everybody else. But it's simple. It's not complicated. All we have to do is just stop complicating or take a break from going elsewhere. And this is how we have to mobilize Zazen so we go home tomorrow, go back to work on Monday. <clears throat> How do we mobilize it then? We go back to dealing with daily challenges or challenging people. We go back to reading the news. How do we deal with that? How do we not create something from that? Midterm elections coming up. Now we, we may think something will happen, it may or may not, may go a different direction. How do we deal with that? How do we not get jaded? And how do we not shut down? How do we not get bitter? At times like that, how can we see others as ourselves? That's where Zazen matters. If not, or if we don't actualize it there, then we can call this a retreat. That's all it is. So, not too many hours left for this session. It's a very crucial time, as I often say. 
And really important to watch where the mind goes. How we start to, to go before we go. How we imagine where we will be tomorrow evening. What we will do tomorrow evening. I once read that uh, those who practice being on tightrope, walking on tightrope, most accidents happen the last couple of feet. When they can see the platform on the other side. They slack off. Oh, there it is. I'm almost there. <laughs> right? This is almost over. And we slack off. So it never ends. It never began, as I said on Thursday, about sitting period, right? Sitting does not begin when the jikido hits the bell and doesn't end when you hear the bell again. We just turn the attention inwardly. We just turn the attention outwardly. We turn the attention in the ten directions. That's all it is. We can always do that. So let's help each other to keep that strength, to maintain that throughout and beyond. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and going forward. This is how we show our gratitude to the lineage we chant every evening. That's how we say thank you for passing on the Dharma, for revolving the Dharma. That's how we show our appreciation.